sun. I'm Mr. Heat Brister. I'm Mr. 101. They call me Heat Miser. Whatever I touch starts to melt in my clutch. <laughs> I'm too much. Thank you. I never want to know a day that is under 60 degrees Fahrenheit. I'd rather have it 80, 90, 100. That is a breeze. Oh, some like it hot, but I like it way hot. He's Mr. Green Christmas. He's Mr. Sun. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Anime Baby, where summer doesn't end until I say it does. This is your host, Mikey, and if this were a video podcast, there would be big-ass text behind me right now, and just big and bombastic and shit. And joining me, as always, is... The Contemplative Grin, uh, your host, your co-host, Ryan. And also joining us for the first time since November 2019 is... It's, it's Tony. Hi, hi, hi. Um, there's... There is large text uh, size 98 impact behind me right now. I'm also <laughs> outside in my shorts about to go over to the beach. Go 
go out surfing because it's the summer of trigger and welcome to the finale of summer of trigger in the fall sort of winter (laughs) kidding who are we kidding right now it is currently uh it is currently it is currently right now 32 degrees outside and it's still summer yeah we're in the holly jolly (laughs) season now because you know why promare is so hot it's raging inferno can uh, heat up any cold soul. Yeah, you see, it's like the heat miser that uh, brings uh, the heat during the winter to uh, melt away your troubles. Exactly. Yeah, so that's why we, we haven't been having any snow this year. Yeah, now that we've uh, now that we're going to get this out of the way, maybe we can get some snow. Yep, all in due time. All in due time. But yeah, this has been kind of an off year because I announced Summer Trigger saying like, okay, we'll do this, cover a bunch of different Trigger shows and movie and be done by the end of summer. And it's December 7th as we record this. Yes, it is. Don't worry, life happens. So thank you all for bearing with us during this really weird time. Yes, we thank you. But I mean, what is time but a construct of our imagination, especially in 2020? Time is a black It circle. is a figment of our imagination uh, during these pandemic times. <laughs> I mean, time completely stopped, you know? Like, we're still in March, in all honesty. Practically. <laughs> that's that's honestly where my mindset kind of is still. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I can't wait for it to become April. Oh, yeah. Get ready for WrestleMania 35 in front of, of 70,000 fans in Tampa, Florida. And also Anime Detour in downtown Minneapolis. Uh-huh. But yeah, it finally feels great to record another podcast with you again, Tony, because the last time you were on here was when we did uh, Megalobox back in November, last November. That it was. Hey, I mean, it's almost uh, almost a year since then. I know. It doesn't even feel like that long ago, though, for me. Yeah, in all honesty, yeah. Yeah, really. But we're glad to have you on as we uh, close out our Trigger series with their most recent project, that being the film Promare. Oh, and what? We, we decided to end this series off on a good one. Yeah, and what a project at that. Oh, yeah, a little bit of the background. As the film was announced at Anime Expo on July 2nd, 2017, as an original anime project co-produced by Studio Trigger and another studio called X-Flag. And they apparently have been in production for over four years at that point, and then it was later revealed in October 2018 that was going to be a movie. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, Hiroyuki Imaishi, our boy, as the director, and Kazuki Nakashima as the uh, writer. So, and if you remember, they... Both did the uh, directing and writing for Gurren Lagann and Kill a Kill. Yeah, so the, the, in in prime spirits for this one, they, uh, he, they were in. Yeah, so like uh, we started off Summer Trigger with uh, Kill a Kill, so a project of theirs, and then we're going to close it with uh, their most recent project of theirs. Because, I mean, what else can you really end it off on? I mean, it is such a big, burning, uh, like, nigh magnum opus for the studio. It's a thing. It's a lot. Yeah, can you imagine in like another timeline where this movie hadn't come out yet and we ended off summer trigger on darling in the franks <laughs> hey i had a lot of energy for that one so like i'm honestly not i i honestly would have been fine with that <laughs> even though it's the worst thing i mean seen. Uh, i mean i would not mind that because that means we'd get we'd still get that uh what four hour extravaganza of arguments <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just four hours of me and Mikey just straining our friendship. <laughs> the the show's so big and the argument's so epic, you had to split it up. 
we I, I knew like I knew we would have to split it up. I knew like at the time, like, dude, you know, this is going to be a two parter. Like, I am going to be screaming during this review. You were. And I believed you. And I spent most of that four and a half hours just saying you're not wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I knew what was coming. I wasn't going to like. And I got so much worse than that. And I knew you weren't going to like it. And that honestly made it better. Yeah. Like I knew my car was going to be stolen, but I didn't know I was also going to be like, have my shins bashed in by the end of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But before we get right into the movie, I'm going to throw it over to you, Tony, as uh, you have a bit of history with this film, as you were present for its uh, U.S. premiere back at Oticon in 2019. Well, it, it's second premiere, really. Right, second premiere. I mean, it was, it originally showed at Anime Expo last year, I yeah, that's when it premiered. Because, I mean, yeah, they announced it there and then they showed it there. Uh, but I was there for the premiere, the East Coast premiere, I guess you could say. Um, that was at Otakon last year and basically took up my entire Saturday. Because there was a, well, they, they did two autograph sessions for Trigger and Co. So I, I tried to go to the first one, but... There was like the line was really messed up and like they didn't really know what the hell was going on. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can't be here. Come back and like come back in like 30 minutes when we open up the line. And then I came back and then the line was filled up because they were letting people in earlier. Like, okay, but you told me that's that sounds like a regular convention handling. right? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But. But I mean, I made sure to get there. I made sure to get there the next day, which was Saturday. And then I sat there, waited in line for maybe 90 minutes for the autograph. Got that. I got it. I got my copy of Gurren Logan signed. I got my copy of Dead Leaves signed. And she was quite pleased to see someone with Dead Leaves, I gotta say. <laughs> he nice was grab. very happy about that <laughs> um <laughs> and so i saw that there was uh some time i believe the i believe the uh the movie was going to be showing like maybe eh, three hours or so after after the autograph session so i managed to get something quick just to go you know because it was like midday got some lunch quick and then came back and I was going to go check out the line, maybe go, go, maybe go around and see if there was anything else happening. If the line wasn't too bad, but nope, it was pretty bad already. Like there's maybe a hundred something people there <laughs> already. Mm, right. <laughs> and apparently from what I, what I remember, like the talk was on Twitter at the time, like the line was at capacity maybe an hour after i got there oh geez and there was still two hours to go so i kind of sat around on the floor the whole time just playing switch or something and this was the line to get into the movie right yeah it was yeah oh my god it was like i think i took some photos of the line like there's like this top floor of the convention center and like the entire floor there was just dedicated to people waiting for this Oh jeez. <laughs> it was by far the the craziest wait I've ever had at like any convention or anything. Um so I mean yeah, we did get in there. I I got in there. I got a decent seat. Um 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was like the first time they showed it. They, they, they were explicitly like, "Hey, don't talk about this or whatever. Let don't talk about this with others until everyone gets a chance to see it." Blah blah blah, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and then I proceeded, and it was a, an assault on my senses for two hours. It was awesome. I I was just absolutely stunned by it, and. Of course, the audience there—they really made it. Oh, I can only imagine like, how like rowdy and excited they were. Yeah, um, you could tell that they were watching and just very happy at the reaction it was getting. And of course, there was a, like a standing. There was a standing out at the end, obviously. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, I had to go. Um, I had to go over to Oda Brew, which was happening like actually during Promare. So I couldn't stay for the Q&A, sadly. Aww. But yeah, I had to go. Um, <laughs> I remember just tweeting like, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't forget what I, I forget exactly what I said, but it was like, yeah, just wow. Uh, unreal. And then uh, Mike Tool had like the uh, tweet of the uh, the tweet of Otakon, in my opinion. And the best reaction I've ever heard to the movie. Uh, he said, What if Gurren Lagan and Kill a Kill and Dead Leaves all had a baby and I saw the baby and the baby looked at me? A plus 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 plus. <laughs> I I would say my I would say Tool got the yeah. hand that, on the head. Yeah, that is basically the review. Uh goodbye everyone. We'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you all for joining us. I've been your host, Mike. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna go more in depth with this movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, that sounds like a really, really cool experience. Like, not only just seeing the movie, but also, like, getting an autograph from Imeishi. I know. that you, you are very lucky, my friend. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see it when it was actually in theaters here in the U.S. But, hey, I got to see it at Otakon. So, that's right, right. That, about that was the second best thing. The, the movie theaters. Yeah. And, oh, might I also add that it was also weird watching this again for the second time because, uh... Because, I mean, I had all these memories of, like, just watching it with people at a convention. And I'm like, oh, shit. That, that's not happening anymore, is it? <laughs> I'm like, right, oh. definitely recontextualizing your head a little bit. Yeah, I haven't been to a convention in a year now, so whoops. <laughs> yeah, the last one was the one all three of us went to, GalaxyCon, last year. Yeah, yeah, where our last episode was recorded. Our last yeah. together, I should say. Yeah, in our beautiful hotel room while I sit, sat on the uh, like really uncomfortable murder couch. Yeah, that couch was <laughs> not great. Yeah, but hey, at least the room made for a good recording spot in the in a quick fix like that. It did. Murder couches. Well, we'll put in we'll put in a request next time for a couch with a lot more lumbar support. But like uh, when you brought when you uh, brought up uh, waiting for uh, autographs for Imeishi, like uh, I suddenly got rem- I was uh, remembering when. Uh, JP, our friend JP, who also does like a Dead Rat Pizza, and he also did the uh, uh, Lockdown Anime Con this past summer, and uh, he talked about mm-hmm. how his personal experience trying to get an autograph from Emi, and he told a story on the on his podcast Dead Rat Pizza where he talked about some asshole who got first in line for Emi and got him to sign some Ava thing as like a joke, and like him talking about that made me super mad for him because like he was stealing a spot from someone who yeah. deserved it. Yeah, I was so angry at that too. <laughs> Like, oh, I, dick like I remember listening to that episode in my car driving to work when, 
and I was just shouting in my car, "You motherfucker! Fuck you!" That was JP's spot. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> uh, at least you got to see him. You know. And so this film premiered in Japan on May twenty fourth, twenty nineteen, with Toho doing the distribution. And on June thirteenth, twenty nineteen, G Kids acquired the film for North American distribution, with the first showing, as he said, at Anime Expo and the second at Otakon. And then uh, the big, the more uh, wide release was set to uh, occur on September seventeenth and nineteenth, twenty nineteen. And I made it to the September seventeenth one to see the dub version of the movie. Yeah, nice. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Did you see any of the uh, early premieres of the movie? Um, I just, I was solely sitting on my ass until I came into theaters, basically. Because <laughs> oh, nice. I, I, I honestly didn't know what to expect because, like, initially when I was here, when I heard the idea that, like, the promise was going to be about, like, fighter fires fighting against, like, fire people. And, of course, at the time, uh, Fire Force had just dropped at that time. I was thinking, wow, what a weird little coincidence here. Like, two, two anime works, both about firefighting. Um, will this one compare? And sure enough, I went and saw it and I left thinking, wow, this is like 10 times better than Fire Force. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, that makes Fire, it makes Fire Force look like a little match in comparison. And it did happen too, because Fire Force kind of fizzled out in the public eye afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because wasn't Fire Force like a few months before? Yeah, yeah, it got like a it got like quite a bit of hype initially because it was like from the creator Soul Leader, you know, and yeah. that's some pretty good animation. But then people started watching the jokes in it, and like they were like, "Oh, this isn't really as funny as or as timeless as I thought Soul Leader, Soul Leader would be." And sure. then Promare came along, and people were, and then people were just like flying over for like uh, they're they're the two best firefighting boys. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, and you there know, he goes again. There yeah, he the, goes. The, the good firefighting boys are here. <laughs> yeah, I, I say that as someone who's a bit of a fire force apologist because I still kind of like it, I mean, but all the criticisms are very fair. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, yeah, like even hey, I, baby, you're not wrong. <laughs> even honestly, I felt the same thing. You know, it's like that bit in Toy Story Two where I'm just like, oh. I don't want to play with you anymore, and I just drop Fire Force into a trash can, and I go play with the Promare. For what it's worth, you picked up Fire Force again. Yes, I'm still watching season two. Nice. We, we both are, so, you know, it's got going, that going for I'm it. Still digging it, you know? It's no Promare, but I dig it. Yeah, it is clearly number two. With it. <laughs> and so the film would go on to have some uh, other small releases, like uh, they had another showing in December on the 8th, 10th, and 11th of 2019, and they also aired a short uh, prequel film called Side Gallo, which is also on the uh, Blu-rays. And another showing of the film in North America was expected to happen on April 7th and 8th, 2020, with uh, two prequel films, uh, Side Gallo and Side Leo, as well as a message from Imaishi. That was all planned, and we all know how that went. Eh, not happening. Like unless your name is Christopher Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> Timely references. You know, you have to see it in theaters. Oh yeah. It's the only way you can see Tenant. And so the film grossed over 1.5 billion yen in Japan, which is about uh, 13.8 million dollars US during its run, and it also grossed uh, over 2 million dollars in the US and Canada and about uh, 900,000 in other territories during its uh, brief runs. And in total, Promare yeah. got over $17 million at the box office world, worldwide. So for something a small release, this is honestly not that bad. I remember seeing, actually, that it cracked the top 10 in the U.S. that weekend. Yeah, it did. Yeah, which I'm like, oh, nice. good for you. I mean, that, that's, that's something over here. 
and also it received a 97% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's definitely up there in terms of like highest I've seen on that website. Yeah, like I would say like the only other anime movies I've seen crack like a 90% would be like the uh, two My Hero movies. Yeah, is, isn't is Your Name up there too? And, oh yeah, Your Name. That was, that was also another one that cracked uh, 90%. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, maybe maybe Weathering is up there too, but... I have some thoughts about weathering. Yeah. I've heard some things. Oh, you haven't seen that yet? No, not yet. Well, I'll just, I'll say some things about, I think there's a lot of similarities in Promare and weathering, but I'm not going to, <laughs> I'll save it for the end. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. yeah, I guess, I guess ex- going in, expectations were kind of high from like uh, the general anime watching public since this is like the first film, um, uh, Trigger had really animated in like quite a while, so uh, hopes were quite high. Yeah, and also the fact that it's Studio Trigger, like pretty much everything they do from here until the end of time is just going to be put on a pedestal. Like the hype is going to be super real for it. Right, and of course, yeah, whether it deserves it or not, you know. <laughs> whether it's a Darling in the Franks or an SSSS Gridman. Yep. <laughs> Plus, it's Nakashima and Amaishi teaming up. Right, they're like. Right, right. So that so that automatically sets some expectations right there. Very yep. high. The power couple. And the film he was dubbed by the NYAV Post with ADR directors Michael Schneider, who also did the adaptive scripts. Also, Stephanie Shea directed and Michael Center Nicholas. Go team venture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, Center Nicholas you will find on like uh, many films in particular that get uh, distributed over here in the US. He's he's had a long history uh, dubbing films over here. Yeah, and plus I think he's like I think he's like co-owner of the uh, NYAV Post studio. Right, right. Like I've said, long 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 extensive career. Yep. And so, with all that out of the way, let's close out Summer of Trigger in the fall, in the winter, in the holidays with Promare. So without further ado, let's start the show. And now, our feature program Man to man! What the hell 
hell's going on? You're just a kid! It's Leo Fotia. Ah! I'll extinguish you with my burning soul! Matoy Tech! We burnish our human beings. Don't worry, I'm crazy! This guy stupid? Oh, yeah. Magma from the Earth's core has been out of control. It'll be a greater catastrophe than the Great World Blaze. Why can't you just stop starting fires? It's not our choice. Governor Craig, the test was a success. The time has come. Now you die! Bring it on. Someone must shoulder the fate of mankind. Even if the ideals you look up to come crashing to the ground, your hope will never be broken. Now I'll show you my burning firefighter soul! It's not that hot at all! So kick off with people all over the world spontaneously combusting. And yeah, this uh, sounds very familiar here. They're not infernals, man. No, totally different, even though we came out in the exact same year. <laughs> Uh, like, would it be great if it turned out like either one of them kind of ripped each other off, but they tried to feign ignorance, saying like, "Nah, we we never heard of it." You know, it's like when uh someone asked Sweary sixty five about like, uh, did he ever watch Twin Peaks when making uh, Deadly Premonition? Like, what? Nah, I, I never heard of this. What? T totally, totally coincidence. He said, lying through his teeth. <laughs> yeah, he he said, lying through his teeth while clutching his uh Blu ray box set. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so these people are a race known as the Burnished, and yeah, not to be confused with the Infernals. And uh, because of these events uh, all over the world, them spontaneously combusting, turning into like these fire monsters, causing all kinds of destruction, this leads to a lot of uh, discrimination being brought upon them. And we see that in through many different scenes of like flashbacks of them like rising up and rallying and all that. Just immediately, right quick, get the backstory out of the way. Yep. Yes, indeed. We can know what's happening. And so we fast forward to present day in Promopolis as a group known as Burning Rescue is called into action as Burnish have taken over an office building and it's up to them to stop them. So, Burning Rescue roll call. We have Ignis X, played here by Steve Blum. Varys Trust, played here by John Eric Bentley, a.k.a. Barrett from the Final Fantasy VII remake. We have Remy Paguna, played here by Billy Bob Thompson. Remy! <laughs> Lucia FX, played here by Kari Walgren. Vinny, a little mouse in a firefighter's hat, played here by Michael Sinter-Nicholas. Go team venture again. Vinny rules. Oh, I love him. And we have Ina Ardbit, played here by Allison Lee Rosenfield. And the biggest boy of them all, the mighty Kamina, I mean, uh, Gallo Themos, played here by Billy Commence, a.k.a. Best Jojo Jotaro from Part 4. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they did kind of just, just rip off Kamina with this, with this guy. <laughs> they really did. I mean, it worked so well before, why not do it again? You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just, like, give him the, the exact same hair, make sure he doesn't wear a shirt, and he just has, like, big parachute pants and everything. It's like, guys, I don't think you heard us the first time. Just the Kamina archetype, we're going to try this again. Like, not enough people saw this. You know, we were very subtle when we did it with Ryuko and Kill a Kill, but now we got to be more overt. Like, people really need to get it that this guy is just like Kamina. <laughs> mm -hmm. Except the things don't happen. Yeah, that, that thing. Spoiler alert for a 15-year-old show. <laughs> there is no moment where Gallo says later, buddy. Nope, not here. And then, like, 
we get a sick, awesome opening as Burning Rescue rushes to the rescue to, like, stop this uh, burning office building on fire, saving people, and then fighting off some uh, baddies here. It's so cool. Right, a lot of machinery. Uh, Trigger really showing off uh, what kind of... Um... The, the the kind of very technical robot robotic anim, ro, uh, robots that they can animate uh all of them just look utterly fantastic as they're just crashing through shit that's how you know you're watching a good trigger anime if things are just crashing through other things yes it is also like i really like the uh this kind of uh animation style that they go for the entire movie where we have like uh the blocky looks of like the fire the smoke and other textures and how like fire is like always in triangles and everything or like the smoke or mm -hmm. like the ice they fire is always in like blocks or rectangles and everything. Exactly. I know they really they really do use like the the geometry of like the elements in their universe to like great effect to uh, get across like the action and make sure all of it like blends together very well and to make sure that it's not like a total assault uh, on the senses. Um, I also feel like in this way, like when you first see it as well, like this really feels like Trigger's swan song for like 3D animation because they had dabbled into it before. But this really feel this film really feels like they've like finally mastered it. Yeah, it's a great mix of both uh, traditional and 3D stuff. I mean, after seeing a film like this, like I actually would not mind at all if they just did an entirely uh, 3D animated like series. Like after uh -huh. this, like I would totally trust them with that. Yeah, like I mean, Honestly, yeah, I totally. Yeah, a lot of that also could be, I think, is. Uh, also up to the character designs which i think are pretty damn good yes they translate so well into the style yeah uh shigeto koyama actually was the character designer for this he he's done a lot of trigger stuff too like all the pro mare i know he's done stuff on uh, hero man and but hit or gurren of course obviously but his most famous character design probably baymax from big hero 6 Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. I, I actually did not know I, that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> he was uh, behind that design. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe now that I think about it, maybe I could see a little bit of that influence in there. A little bit, yeah. And uh, during this whole fight, uh, they we, we uh, meet the baddies, the Mad Burnish, as they're called. And I love their introduction as they just walk out through this big, like, huge plume of fire and smoke and, like, Two of two of them like materialize vehicles like motorcycles and stuff, but the leader in the middle just makes a chair so he can just sit and he just tilts his head like a badass. Just it's really cool. Looking down on you, like that's a statement to like start out with for your villains for this movie. Yeah, very reminiscent of uh Gamagori looking down, you know? Yeah, like mm. especially that one huge uh mad burnish there, like he's very Gamakori asking even kind of like looks a bit like him in his uh, Goku uniform. Uh huh. Definitely. And also, one thing I got we got to talk about is uh, the soundtrack, the OST here, because the song they play here mm -hmm. and throughout the film is just ah, oh, it's beautiful. They 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 were really coming off hard of like kill a kill because any all the soundtracks in this film feel like they would have not been out of place at all in that show. Yeah, yeah uh, I believe that. They have the uh, composer for Attack on Titan, actually, for this. Ah, okay. He, he did an excellent job, especially, especially that uh, one uh -huh. piece of music that uh, plays throughout the film, which I which is basically like the main theme of Promare, where it has like the tune that goes... Yeah, and of course, he also did Kill a Kill. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, okay, I know exactly what this is. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
This'll be easy. Uh, like speaking of kill a kill, we get uh, one bit one bit of a kill a kill reference in here. I would say the uh, the Matoi Tech uh, Ryoko Matoi Tech here. Yeah, I was like, hmm. Uh, well, no, no, no. That's 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 actually a real actual thing in the real world. Uh, Matoi is um, it is an old flag standard that was used by old Japanese firefighters uh, to uh, you know bring into town when there was a fire. And yeah. to, you know, signify that uh, the um, people were in town. So, yeah, Matui uh, does actually have, like, a root in uh, old Japanese. Eh, I'll call it a reference. Still counts. I mean, <laughs> oh, let's be real, dude. <laughs> it's like, I just figured this out a while ago. I thought it'd be a fun historical fact. I researched all this stuff, like Edo period. I, I learned a whole bunch of history while, while I was... Um, Edo back in the day and how just in least susceptible to fires it was we just have like this camera just swinging all around while characters are just like rolling and running up buildings and everything or like crashing through buildings or through walls and stuff while the scene like the shots they don't cut they just keep focusing on the action right there yeah it's like it's like red line level of animation flexing it's so much it's so much and yet you still feel engaged all throughout it. You're not bored at all. Mm-hmm. And it's also not disorienting in the slightest. Like, you can follow every bit of action this movie shows. Yeah. And so the leader of the Mad Burnish here is Leo Fotia, played here by Johnny Youngbosch, as he is defeated and taken into custody, but not by Burning Rescue, but by the Freeze Force. This is more of a Gamaguri-looking son of a bitch right here. Yeah, really. <laughs> fucking dude with like his shark teeth and just like getting up in everyone's faces and just like grabbing uh, Gallo and just like throwing him to the ground while just giving out to him saying like uh you're just a bunch of civilians here this is the freeze forces duty to take down these mad burnish and so the following day Gallo and Bring Rescue are honored for their successful mission by Governor Cray Foresight played here by Crispin Freeman and uh during this we get a little bit of their history as uh, when Gallo was a kid uh Cray saved his life while also uh, losing his arm in the process, uh, Shank style from One Piece. That's still, still very, still very similar to Fire Force. Both were just like, you gotta have some, you gotta have a hero save some, save like a main character from a fire. That's just how you do it. Honestly, yeah, because that is Shinra's backstory in Fire Force too. And you know, all that's missing is for Leo, for uh, Gallo to have like a little kid brother that turns out to be uh, an. Turns out to be the leader of some evil evangelist cult later on. No, Leo and Gallo have to both be brothers by the end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, everything looks to be good. Burning Rescue are celebrating their uh, job well done. But then the Freeze Force comes in and they get over how fascist they are. Yep, they they immediately go to the pizza place that they're all celebrating at and arrest the uh, pizza artisan there uh, for being a burnish. And then also the person uh, who runs the pizza shop because, you know, harboring uh, a burnish is also illegal and everything like that. And they also and they even say, like, oh, this only applies to terrorists. But these guys are just like, yeah, they don't care because we see the prison and they see that they've just captured regular average people like children, too, and everything. And they're also imprisoning Leo and his uh, two uh, burnish partners here. So this is all uh, pissing off Gallo because he just like doesn't like how like they're. Freeze Force are just coming in, just like muscling people over and all that stuff. Because they're like chatting up and stuff, and like they 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 get over pretty quickly. Like you know, they 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 don't want they don't they're not like prejudiced against like burnish or anything. You know, they just you know believe they're all like misunderstood and whatnot. You know, and, and you know at the beginning of this film, they believe that they're just detaining like the bad ones, but it then becomes very quickly that it's all burnish that are getting arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, 
So Gallo is just uh, all upset by this, so he goes to his uh, special place, which is a frozen lake outside of town, with uh, Ina following him. And the two share a very nice moment here. And, uh, you know, watching this scene and knowing what happens <laughs> later on, it just kind of got me thinking, you know, like, uh, like we're all familiar with the term uh, queer baiting. Yeah. So I, so I kind of feel like this scene is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. But I mean, yeah, considering is, later, but... though, there's some... But I mean, you gotta have something like this, maybe, because considering what happens and everything that's coming later, might need to have something to balance it out, you know? Yeah, just uh, I just I just kind of think of that like right now in retrospective, just looking at the scene, going like, <laughs> this uh, what they're doing here is just a bit of a swerve here. <laughs> like yeah, they're not gonna really. follow through with uh, Gallo hooking up with Ina. We've we've only got so we've only got so much time here. We don't have time for that. Oh yeah, can I just add? This movie is quite horny. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, kinda, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's very hot. Very hot. It is quite hot. I mean, like I don't know. Like I thought, I thought Kill a Kill was a little bit. Oh horny yeah, myself. It is. I mean, I feel like that's the horniest of the works. They oh, or Burley's Burley's Burley. Burley. Mm, well, I well, mm, that's a good question. There was a lot there and stuff, but there because there was a lot to like Girl in the Gun as well. But that kind of got tempered after a while as well. Yeah, I would still maybe put Kill a Kill ahead of that, but um, no, I would I would say um, definitely definitely the fans have been thirsty for oh, all yeah. characters in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if you're a furry, <laughs> you'd say BNA. But everyone is just like so well established from like the get go. Like you you immediately get all of these characters straight from the get go. Trigger does not uh, bullshit around mm-hmm. or waste any time in characterizing uh, all the people here. Yep. And also just like now thinking about it, talking about like uh, Trigger. Uh, works being horny like really thinking about it pretty much everything we covered here besides maybe little witch academia everything we covered here has like an element of horniness to it yeah i think you're right there's always a hint there tends to be a hint of libido to their works and by extension gynax also had that yes it does kill a kill enough said (laughs) about that you look at uh, grid man there's a bit of subtleties here and there with some uh, shots and uh, camera look position and everything like that and then Darling in the Franks, like that's that's that show's mm-hmm. mo. So, <laughs> and I mean, so you know, just trigger kind of keeping up with themes here with just making most of her stuff very horny. Yep. And you know what else is horny? Well, this, if this, no, well, I would say Promare is low on that. It's totem low, level, though. I would say that's pretty low. Yeah, like uh, sl- slightly above Little Witch because Little Witch has like is more of a family show. Yeah, you don't want to do right, that. Right, right. But um, no. Uh, Pro Promare though has uh, some very I would say I would say the sexiest thing in Promare though for is uh, probably the animation of course. Oh uh, yeah. And Leo. Definitely. Him too. And Leo, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, can Oh yeah, did some Oh yeah, did someone comment on his Yeah, we got a comment on his uh on his uh iCop mug in the style of iHop. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just for one moment. You see you see a mug that says iCop. So, I thought that was one of the funniest oh, jokes in the movie. International <laughs> chain of pancakes. Yes, it is. Indeed, it is, actually. And for a few months, it was uh, ICOB, International Chain of Burgers. Nice. <laughs> yes, come eat a nice, uh, shitty burger nice. with pancakes inside it and eat our uh, sickeningly sweet pancakes. Now it's uh, ID Fund. Cop. <laughs> <laughs> Beef on the iCobs. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, anyone eat those those <laughs> disgusting <laughs> SPKs? Good question. 
I think it's just my palate. I can't eat that kind of. I can't eat that much sweet stuff in the morning, like yeah. usually anymore. I'll take. I, I can eat. That. I can have like a pastry in the morning, but I can only have so much. Mm-hmm. But uh, meanwhile, Leo and the other prisoners break themselves free and escape to the cave near the frozen lake where Gallo and Ina are. As Gallo discovers the cave, he sees Leo attempting to revive a mortally injured Burnish using a mouth-to-mouth flame transfer technique. Remember that one for later. You know, keep that in your back pocket. Hey. Right, right. So, so like here, it's like establishing um, just what the Burnish actually are. You know, they they have like they they are themselves kind of like living flames. They need uh, you know they need to be like stoked with breath. They uh, you know they eat the same as others. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's 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 a it's it's the humanizing moment of the film that we get early here. Yeah, and we gotta get like a little bit of a sad moment here, where like the burnish that Leo's trying to revive ends up just not making it, and uh, she fades away to ash. And he says like that is the fate of the burnish. Like once their uh, fire burns out, they just like fade to ash. And then Leo reveals another truth and tells Gallo that Cray is capturing burnish and using them for human experiments. The true villain revealed. And the following day, Gallo confronts Cray to return and to return the medal that uh, Cray gave him, and to ask him about the experiments. And Cray informs him that the Earth will soon be destroyed by an uncontrollable surge of magma from the Earth's core. He discovers that the abilities of the Burnish can be used to create a warp drive, which he intends to use to flee Earth with a select portion of humanity, only about ten thousand people, while the presumably the rest of humanity just gets shot into the sun with Polly Shore and Tom Arnold. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and also, Rosie O'Donnell is there to uh, lead everyone in the sing-along before they die. Nice. <laughs> clang, clang, clang with the trolley. This side only. Ding, ding, ding with the bell. <laughs> nice. Don't worry, Dad. We'll be dead in five minutes. Not fast enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, like, yeah, this all goes by uh, very quickly. Like, this whole idea of, like, transport, teleporting an arc of people to another planet far away in space and at this point i'm just thinking like man look at this fucking anime plot right here as like the world's about to blow up because the magma from the core is just so unstable so we're just gonna use fire from these people to uh create a warp drive to travel four to light years away to another planet to save the earth yep but is it not a testament to how much anime i've watched that i immediately accepted all this <laughs> oh yeah like i yeah I, no I problem too yeah. i'm just like okay Business as usual here. It's like, all right, cool, move on. Yeah, I've got to save all the people, got to save all the world. And also the warp drive is being developed by Ina's sister, Ellis, played here by Erica Lindbeck. And uh, this is the moment where we get the Cray heel turn that was pretty much projected from the very beginning. You just got to take one look at him and think like, yeah, you're not being a face for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And so we like he uh, pretty much, uh, you know, disowns Gallo here and then locks him up and also reminds him to not call him Gov as that's governor to you. And so meanwhile, the Freeze Force uh, track the burnished remnants and recapture all of them except for Leo. And uh, we get another battle here as, like the opening battle, the scene's just another big, huge spectacle here. Right, they're, they're, they're trying to fight off the Freeze Force quite a bit, but um, they prove to be too overwhelming. So Leo's companions decide to manifest a freaking cannon and shoot Leo across the sky away from uh, the Freeze Force so that he may fight another day. And also we see like how they capture the burnish. Like when they capture them, they like put them through like these conveyor belts and then they basically get turned into like just human batteries for the spaceship. They get they get they all get strapped to carnival rides where they uh, just spin around really fast and generate fire and are uh, just put through unimaginable, unimaginable amounts of pain to um, power the warp drive. 
actually pretty horrifying here when you really think it, about it's, it. It's kind of it's it's kind of like uh, the the Venture Brothers, where like uh, Impossible Tower is powered by the suffering of one guy on fire. Yeah, yeah, it's down below in the basement. Yeah, it's literally just one of the members of the Impossible Family fire powering this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you definitely need at least one elemental in the mix. Ooh, like a fire guy. That would be cool. Well, guess what, chicken butt fellas? Good news! Ah! Huh? What'd I tell you? Yes, sir. Thanks to this little dynamo, Impossible Industries is 100% green. And you didn't think you had it in you to be a supervillain. This is the most deliciously evil thing I've ever seen. You know, he's got to stay in, like, this uh, vacuum-sealed room because if he comes out, like, the oxygen's just going to burn him up and he's going to be running around the entire building. Well, where do you think Forsyth got the idea? He was just watching Venture Brothers one day and he was just like, Oh, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> I, like, I like how this uh, Richard Impossible is thinking. He's got some great ideas. Hey, Professor Encourageable at that time. <laughs> uh, he's got to join the Revenge Society. <laughs> So Leo returns to confront Cray, and we get this awesome scene with him breaking out of the ice that the Freeze Force trapped him in, and like he's also like eating kind of this like lava crater here. It's and then he just turns into like this kind of huge, almost like snake dragon or a thing. And like, yeah, this is just—it's only halfway through the film, but like, you know, Trigger isn't waiting t to the very end to flex this hard. Like, this movie is just all flexing all the time. It's like friggin' Lex Luger <laughs> over here. I know. Like, like they—they they were oh, not baby. like resting one bit for this movie. It's big Papa Pump the movie. Ah, uh, big bad booty daddy. <laughs> it's Scott Putzky the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all flexing all uh -huh. the time. And so Burning Rescue jumps into action with Gallo along for the ride, too, as he uh, broke out of prison. And he's also running super fast because his ass is on fire. Yeah, of course. You got to get it. You got to get a fun little joke in there. And I just like how, like, he gets into, like, uh, one of the other vehicles and they're just, like, dousing him and stuff to, like, put out the fire. And he's just all covered in, like, blue foam while he's still trying to give, like, this big speech about, like, saving the day. Words alone can't describe how fucking cool this looks like. It's moments like that. I've said this a lot of times during our whole uh, Trigger series where, like, if only we were, like, a video podcast, you'd be seeing all this incredible animation because, like, it, don't expect any splicey for this episode because audio won't do any of these scenes justice because it's just, <laughs> yeah. you need to see it. You can't just hear it. You got to see it. I can't believe it took Promare for you to finally make that decision. <laughs> <podcast>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of thinking, like, and I do agree. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I just... Like, nothing I want to splicey can't work uh, in audio form. No, not really, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of, uh, yeah, it's a lot of things that you just got to see. So you should probably just consider going to check it out, really. Well, I think usually when it comes to, like, other works, like, we do uh, splice uh, clips into. Yeah. Uh, th there's usually, like, a plot or something going on there. there. There's, like, some kind of monologue we can work with. There isn't really anything like that in Promare. Like, the plot is one of the most straightforward ones we've seen on the entire podcast. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward, but you know what? I think it's fun. Oh, yeah. And, like... Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's just enough to service uh, the visuals. Yeah, just... Yeah, just plop down the $20 or whatever. Go on Right Stuff right now and pick it up, really. Yeah, that's it. That's all you really got to do. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, other times when I splice yourself in, it's, like, to show off how good the acting is. And don't get me wrong, the acting in here is very good, but, like, a lot of the lines are just pretty simple stuff. Like, you know, there's there's no real big monologues or big, like, it's, huge... It's a lot of... Moments. 
It's a lot of shoujo, or shoujo, shonen shouting. A lot of it, yeah, and also calling out attacks and everything, and, like, those are really funny, too. Uh, yes, it is. And so, Gallo manages to save Leo from Kray's wrath, but that doesn't stop these two from fighting while also talking things out, as they're, like, in the back of the ship that Ina's piloting, and they're just, they're just having a chat, but they're just also, like, throwing punches at each other and slamming each other into the walls, into the ground and stuff, it's great. Mm-hmm. And so, Ina drops him off at the frozen lake to cool off, pun intended. And it turns out that uh, Leo's flames melt the ice and reveal a laboratory run by a holographic projection of Deus Prometh, a scientist killed by Cray, played here by Dr. Eggman himself, Mike Pollock. Hey! Oh, so he's voicing, so he's voicing another, like, famed scientist. Hey, he's, he's playing, like, Eggman from Sonic, really? Yeah, Man. it's the same voice actor for uh, Dr. Eggman ever since Sonic X. Hell yeah, he's yeah. been playing that role for years. And he's That's awesome. Great. Yeah, and he's... But, like, anytime I hear Mike Pollock in anything, I just can't not hear Eggman, because his voice, his normal talking voice is just Eggman. It is. Like, he can't mask it or anything. That's just always his role. And, like, look at him hey, here. He's yes. just... <laughs> snooping as usual, I see. <laughs> or if you want to go, like, uh, it's another Eggman reference, just talk about him pissing on the moon. <laughs> you know, that's what Deus was probably going to do before, like, uh, Cray killed him to get, like, his research. And so Deus brings Gallo, Leo, and Ina into the lab to basically ex explain the plot of the movie as quickly as possible here. Like, he basically explains that the Burners can communicate with Promare, which is a race of interdimensional flame beings that reside within the Earth's core, and the surging magma is a side effect of, of uh, subjecting Promare to pain. And Cray's experiments on the Burnish are what's accelerating its, its growth, and that's what's causing the uh, Earth to explode. And if he goes ahead with his plan, then Promare's just going to destroy the Earth at that point. Oh, 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 that's Whoa. a lot to take in. Yeah. That's... I, re I remember when this scene happened at my showing, and everyone in my theater just started laughing as they were just dumping this big plot right here. Oh, yeah, because it's so obvious the what they're just doing. <laughs> and I just love the shots of, like, Gallo just, like, sleeping. I know, right? Everything. Like, he just doesn't care. Like, that like, even the animator's like, oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. all, like, just secondary. <laughs> And, you know, like the whole thing before with, like, Cray talking about his big plan to, like, evacuate the Earth, it's just like, you know what, we've all seen enough anime to just basically accept this. Like, yep, this is it. Promare is just the flame creatures that uh, the Burnish can uh, coexist with, and that's how they produce and everything like that, and blah, blah, blah. Let's get ready for some action. Yeah, so you know what you're here for. Let's just, let's just cut to the chase. And like I said before, again, look at this fucking anime plot right here. This is anime as hell. It is. It's it's very anime, but you know what? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being unapologetically anime. Nope, at least they're proud of it. And yeah. That's... Oh, there shouldn't be anything wrong about like wanting to save everyone, you know? Yeah, just, you know what? Keep it simple and just have some fun with it. That's pretty much like what we can expect from Studio Trigger. Have some fun, beat the shit out of the bad guys. That's all you need. And show off your skills. Make poses. Make poses with me. Yep, poses too. That's important. <laughs> and also another thing that's really important, especially for Studio Trigger and something that we've talked about a lot when uh, discussing these Trigger shows, the one thing that they just can't live without is making at least one, at least one or two Gurren Lagann references as Deus has Gallo and Leo pilot a giant fighting robot Gurren style with like both of them in the cockpit at the same time. And yeah. the one it's called Deus Ex Machina. I... <laughs> I literally laughed out loud, and I'm like, I can't even deal with this when they said when they said the robot's name. They are beyond subtlety now. They're owning the subtlety. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm like, bravo. 
<laughs> like, it's just... It's so on the nose, then they know it. It's great. And so it's time for the final showdown with Cray. And Cray and Dr. Ellis activate the warp gate, but suddenly Gallo and Leo arrive in the robot, which transforms into Leo de Gallon, complete with awesome introduction. And this robot is just Gurren Lagan. It literally is. And you know what? I'm here for it. Yep. I'm here for it. Kamina's here for it, too. I'm looking at my, my Kamina <laughs> Nendroid on my desk right now. <laughs> and it was like he even does like the big introduction and then like uh leo's just like wait what what the hell are you doing and then gal's just all like no 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 it's it's all cool like uh did you did you want me to call it something else did you want me to call it uh gal de leon is was that be would that be better <laughs> yeah he's like, like no no he's, he's like, like your name you dumbass <laughs> it just gives a smile just like ah oh, you idiot yep gotta love gotta love gallo man he's just so unabashedly stupid and fun <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, those are but those are my favorite types of anime characters. Yep, that's why I love Kamina so much. Just characters who don't know how dumb they are, but they're just so bombastic and proud of themselves that you just want to follow them to the ends of the earth. Yep. And- I mean that's 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 the entire appeal of One Piece. Yeah, pretty ah, much. Yeah. <laughs> Luffy's a fucking idiot, but like you 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 can't you have to admire how he will just throw himself at anything. No questions asked. And just everyone around him just wondering, just wonders to themselves, who is this guy? But why do I love him so much? Hey, Luffy, did you know there's a secret meaning meaning to your middle initial D? And he's all like, what? I don't care about them. Who cares about the middle initial of my name? I just want to go on an adventure. That's more important. Yeah. And Oda sat on that plot point for what will soon be over 1,000 chapters. 1,000 and counting. Almost there. <laughs> Uh, and also, while all this big battle's going on, uh, we're starting to get the review. You know, people of the world are starting to know like uh, what Cray's all about as they're showing uh, video footage of him murdering uh, Deus. But Cray's just going along like, no, 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 don't mind that. It- it's fake news. It's very manipulative. Anyone can do a video like that. Don't trust the media. <laughs> they're they're literally taking the suitcases. Yeah. <laughs> topical. Yeah. More then, topical, right? baby. <laughs> And then Cray jumps into the fight himself to face Leo de Gallon one-on-one with his own giant fighting robot, which uh, Gallo dubs Crazer X. That's a great name, too. It really is. It's gotta have a cool name, you know, if they're gonna duke it out. And I just love how uh, during this whole fight, uh, Cray is just having none of it. He's just like, stop ma- making up stupid names as he's just throwing punches and stuff. But all the while, he's also like giving out. He's also giving out the names of all of his stupid weapons that all follow the theme of terraforming. Yeah, you you gotta love it. <laughs> and that's one thing I also really like about Trigger stuff. They have to name everything, and that's that's great. I love names, especially yeah, dumb great. ones. <laughs> I feel like, like you can make like the freaking like the freaking uh motorcycle that the Burnish have. You know the name of that Detroit. <laughs> It's literally named Detroit. Yeah, and there's also one called Miami and one called Dallas. <laughs> they, they're from the All Might school of naming things. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and again, like the the text that just pops up, and like how they frame the text for like uh, Cray will pull out like a giant weapon out of his arm, and then the text will be like right down it. But then when he throws an attack, like the text will just like fly everywhere as he hits that too, along with uh, Galileo de Gallon. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. 
Oh, man. Love it when you play with, like, uh, your visuals like that. Also, during this fight, uh, don't worry about destroying the city, by the way, as all the citizens are in underground shelters. So, so go mad. Just go nuts. Go nuts. Yep. Yep. That, at least we have confirmation of that, unlike some other movies I can think of where they destroy the city. Freaking <laughs> Batman versus Superman, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be great if they, if they just in here did, like, kind of the, the Dragon Ball Z dub thing where they're all like, I can see their parachutes. They're okay. Or, uh, too bad Sunday, those buildings would have been full tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) But again, it's all so cool. This this fight is just, ah, it's amazing. Yeah, the whole thing is just, oh my gosh. It's all ramping up to its big finale. And there's a moment where Mm -hmm. Gallo is just like, I wish I had my Matoi from before. And then Leo's like, oh, you mean that flag thing from before? Hang on, I got this. And he uses his burnished powers to create a supersized Matoi gear, just. Ah, and it's and the and that's when the music starts to really, really swell up as he pulls this out and just like points it at Cray. Yeah, because he's got to get in the mood. He's got to have his like flag spear to really get in the mood. Mm-hmm. And he calls it Leo de Gallon Matoy decked out. Yep. <laughs> Again, another insanely good name. Ah, oh, man. Like I'm pretty sure Gallo just like writes down all the names that he ca- has to come up with and just hopes to use them one day. Yeah. I mean, him and Kamina kind of cut from the same cloth in terms of, like, having to memorize all that, all those cool phrasings they want to keep using, you know? Yeah. And so, meanwhile, Ellis destroys the warp gate, and now Kray is super pissed. And then Kray just goes absolutely mad here and just unleashes his most powerful weapon, which is just, like, a f- something to, like, freeze everything below the freezing point below absolute zero and he uses it uses it to freeze an erupting volcano mm-hmm. mid eruption like you just see the lava spewing out and then you just see the ice just go right through the entire through the ground and then goes right through the volcano and just it just gets over the power of this weapon just beautifully right here powerful enough to override the elements and then we get another reveal Cray reveals that he's a burnish too and attempts to use leo to power the warp drive like they yes, think they does. defeated him, but he just walks through the flames, and he just has he just like reveals the arm that uh, he lost, and it's just big burnish arm, just like holding a fire, and just like ah, he's just like you don't know the power of Promare like I do. Yeah, he even reveals uh, the the secret backstory to like how when he uh, uh, saved Gallo all those years ago, really the uh, fire that Gallo got caught in was started by Cray, and he just you know just happened to be there for him rid that wave of just hero herodom and adulation and just like you know what yeah i'll I'll be the hero the city deserves but at the same time he's just like i really want to get rid of this kid this kid is just he's gonna mess up everything i planned so i put him in burning rescue because being like a fire soldier will just immediately kill him but he doesn't die he just keeps coming back and it's just making him more and more mad I imagine just counting off the calendar like of like days that he has not killed Gallo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh god, this guy's still not dead yet. <laughs> and also like here, Crispin Freeman, my god, he is acting up a storm in this scene. I know cuz like it's been like a while since I've heard him in like anything substantial before this. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of been quiet lately. Well, I, I imagine he's had like his own stuff going on here and there. Maybe I just haven't watched a lot of anime in which he's in. But um, yeah, I, I think he's just kind of been, you know, dropping off the map a little bit and doing other things. Yeah, pretty much. But, uh, you know, when I heard this in the theaters, just hearing him as like the big bad in this movie, it was just like, ah, uh, 
it just a true return to form, just hearing the dulcet tones of Crispin Freeman, because my god, this dude's voice is amazing. It's just so buttery, silky smooth. Whoa. Uh, hasn't lost his touch. Whoa, he was in the freaking Ingress anime. That's a that's a deep <laughs> cut. <laughs> That's that. That's the first game that the Pokemon Go developers made. <laughs> okay, so maybe it hasn't all been sunshine and roses. Guess who's also uh, in Demon the, Slayer? The, the, Demon Slayer too. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I kind of, I think I do remember him. Yeah. How did we? Dang! How did that slip past us? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I do kind of remember his character, but <laughs> I don't. Uh, but uh, also during the scene, like we get. Uh, Cray going full burnish here, and it's like really cool design where like his hair is just going nuts with fire and everything. Mm-hmm. He's got like his big burnish arm, and like there's also a scene where like he uses his flames to like make wings and flies away with Leo. <laughs> so meanwhile, Cray restarts the warp drive using uh, Leo as kind of the basis here. But um, meanwhile, Gallo goes on one last rescue mission to save Leo, and he does so in a drill, no less. Just chalk up another Gurren Lagan reference. Mm hmm. Yep, Mark. <sighs> Another Gurren slash Deadly reference. Drill. Good stuff. Of course, it might she has to have a drill. It's a trademark. It's a trademark. Right? Like, like when I saw this in the theater, I, I saw the drill. I'm just like, of course, there's a drill. They're, like, I'd be upset if there wasn't. Yeah, I know. It's it's sad. I'd be sad if there wasn't a drill. He must have like Junji. He must have like Uzumaki levels of obsession over spirals. Like somewhere at home, he's just got like a collection of yeah. nights. Yeah. And one day we're just one day, one day, like we won't even see him like pass away in the news. Someone will just find his like coiled body inside, like <laughs> like a bathtub or something. At this point, the Promayer in the middle of the Earth is just going nuts, and now we're just racing the clock here before the Earth just explodes. And so Gallo pierces the warp drive's heavens and saves Leo, but Leo looks to still be close to death. And there was only one thing that Gallo could do in this moment, and we get that scene. Here, Gallo does the mouth-to-mouth uh, that uh, Leo did earlier in the film. Cue sound effects in movie theater. Ooh. That was, uh, oh my god. What was the re- Do you recall the reaction to that in the theater? Uh, at Otakon, utter, utter, utterly bananas. Just, just squeeing everywhere. Not even like, not even like squeeing in that sense, but more like just cheering and mixed with squeeing and just applause and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I would expect it. And one thing I love is that uh, they linger on the scene. They linger on. Uh, oh, do they ever? Long enough because they knew. They knew people would start cheering and going nuts at this scene. They would be marking out, and they're just like, okay, we'll give you some time. Okay. Okay, take it all in. Drink it in, man. <laughs> all right, you done? All right. We're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because there is a bit of that purpose, like the, like the mouth-to-mouth scene, because I've seen, like, actual mouth-to-mouth, and, like, there's way more, like, motion involved with it. Like, there's even, like, sticking your mouth in the other person's and, like, sort of blowing the, like, blowing the errand there. Like, there's a lot more, like, motion to it overall. Mm-hmm. Especially in like the face, the face, and like the uh, mouth move in the hand movements. I mean, and uh, but no, they just they just linger here. They just linger on this part uh, a bit silently. So they kind of know what they, yeah, they kind of knew what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely yeah. necessary. Though it would have been great if we got some blowing. Hey <laughs> Oh, hey now, this is only PG thirteen. We can't go that yeah, far. Not that kind of anime. <laughs> we gotta wait when we get like uh, uh, the writer of the next film, Gengoro Takame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this was Darling and the Franks, maybe they'd do it. 
uh, just full on <laughs> face in the pillow, go like the clappers here. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is great. Basically, Gallo and Leo kiss, and like this is basically started off a brand new ship that the entire internet just took a shine to, and apparently, like the folks at Trigger knew this so well because, like, soon after this movie came out, they started advertising all kinds of like couple stuff and even like wedding rings and they would use Gallo yeah. and Leo as part of their advertisements. They specifically <laughs> I mean I, I remember like they specifically mentioned do not fucking talk about this. And this was the thing they didn't want people to talk about until they saw it. Yeah they yeah they did <laughs> not want anyone talking about that like after seeing it in Otacon. You know it's like uh, Alfred Hitchcock when he saw when he had people go see us uh, uh, psycho he was just like nope don't spoil the movie for everyone who hasn't seen the movie. Uh-huh. And I remember the reaction in my theater where, like, uh, everyone marked out. I marked out. And it was just like, yeah. Like, like I even was kind of calling it, just going like, wait. They set up the, ki- they set up the mouth-to-mouth earlier in the film. Are they going to call back to that? Are we going to get these two yeah, I was... and lips? And then I saw that. I'm just like, yeah. Yep. I was, yeah. Injected exactly the same. Exactly the same thought. Uh, sequence that I had, <laughs> and then after that, my God, the fucking ending. This, the ending sequence rules ass so hard here. <laughs> Even if I was a little confused watching it, like, so they're gonna let the Promare burn themselves out, but I guess they're also protecting the planets. I guess while it gets it all, while it just like the the Promare just like let le- un- let loose this like giant like solar flare nut on the galaxy <laughs> yeah pretty much like they combine and like they use their me- their giant fighting robot to protect the earth and then like the promare envelops the surface but they're all like nah it's not hot it's like the dungeon of doom and then uh, the burnish then become normal humans as they've burned out all their flames but they're back to being normal people and then gallo and leo just like end off resolve to build the world better without uh endangering the promare it's a filthy filthy dirty Ooh, mm-hmm. dirty ending Ooh, just i feel dirty yeah <laughs> Ooh. also did did you catch like a bit here where like uh before uh leo de gallon transforms into basically tanking top of gurn lagan here like uh as they're like morphing up and everything the uh the big kind of shining light blob forms a heart for a brief second and then turns into the giant robot yeah yeah i, I did yeah i saw that and i'm like there's my baby. I ship it. I ship it so hard. Uh-huh. Ship it to the moon. Absolutely ship that. <laughs> and so the story comes to an end. Cue the main theme and we're out as that's all there is and there isn't any more. Yeah. Final thoughts on Promare. <laughs> God. What can you say? Like, you gotta see it. It, it is. It is. It, it is a roll. It sure maybe you could say like oh well like it's just a roller coaster like there's nothing substantial to it like fuck you like what's, uh-huh. what's wrong with a roller coaster what's wrong with theme park rides Martin Scorsese <laughs> this is fun yep. this is fucking fun this is what people like to see yes it is it is a treat for the eyes in every way it is a it is a massive stepping stone for trigger and they're like three in their 3d animation and like the ways in which they can combine it with 2d animation mm-hmm. i mean it's mm, yeah like it, they wow. are absolute masters of everything and i think that the whole trigger formula here like it is the best version of what that is 
I mean, it's streamlined. That's that's the yeah, main thing it, here. It's streamlined into yeah, two it's, hours. It's a very breezy two hours. Like nothing feels wasted. Every it's very tightly packed. It's just perfect. It's a great ride from beginning. I've heard to friends end. say that watching this film is like watching uh, an entire season of anime in two hours. I mean, basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely. And I don't think there's anything like that in terms of like just just sheer like unwasted space. Like I, know, I can't think of, like the, no time is wasted in this film. Yeah, like, like they, they get everything out that they need in a nice tight like fashion. Yeah, like Red Line's about the only other thing I can think of like that. Yeah. Right, right. Although yeah. I, I would say that one pushed it uh, a bit harder in terms of like how stupid it was. <laughs> but but that's another film like you you just don't care like because it's it's just a fun it's the the universe they build up is just a fun place to go for a nice ride in. Uh huh. And it's and it's also got Absolutely. some pretty damn good messages too, in my opinion. Oh yeah, definitely. Like they, they are they are there at the very least. So like you know you can't say it's entirely soulless or anything or that's it's bereft of you know, any kind of meaning in the end. Nah, because yeah, like, like there are some, like, I think it, there are like some themes of like anti-discrimination in the movie. And like, uh, one thing that, uh, that I did see online, like after seeing the movie that I didn't re- notice, but started to realize, you know, like how, uh, the burnish could be kind of seen as like an, an allegory for, uh, homosexual people because like, you know, they have gay the coding in it. Yeah. Like yeah, I feel the same yeah, thing. There, there's a little bit of like gay coding to the burnish. Yeah, yeah, because like you know, they the fo- the flames are all presented as like triangles, and I believe it was like yeah, during a uh, World War II, like uh, triangle ups, inverted triangles were what uh, the Nazis used to like identify uh, gay people. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, they they knew what they were doing there. Yeah, and I also think yeah. there's a lot of good messages, like involving climate change and stuff like that too. Oh yeah, that's very clearly there as well. Uh huh. Oh yeah, like a lot of it's it. Like, that's is, like the main conceit of the movie. Yeah, a lot of it is like how we all kind of have to. I mean, like we all kind of have to work together and also throw over the true evil in this world, which is yeah. which yes. are like capitalism and the uh, governments and that kind of thing. Yes, all the pe- all the yeah. people like Cray. <laughs> Yep. Like, <laughs> I think this version of the message is a lot better than Weathering with You's version of the message, which, oh boy, I have some problems with that movie. <laughs> Basically, Weathering with You, like, is, I don't know if I even want to go into it if you guys haven't really seen it. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't care, but Mikey might. <laughs> Uh, I'll see it one day, but then again, I've already heard some things about the movie, so... I mean, basically, (laughs) it's just like, oh, whatever happens is gonna happen, and things will work itself out in the end, which... (laughs) I know. (laughs) But, I mean, that's, like, very boiling it down. There's a lot more to weathering, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. No, but uh, I could not have asked for anything better to finish off our series on Trigger. Yeah, just everything about this movie is just almost downright trigger perfection here. This is like trigger firing on all cylinders, just being the best trigger they can possibly be. Just the amount of flexing. Like I know we got flexing over as like a term describing trigger animation, but my God, it's all over the place. This is like Lex Luger 
Scott Steiner, ravishing Rick Rude levels of flexing right here. Yeah, this is the point where like I don't really have a reason to doubt like their ideas in the future. Like they could just make like their next movie about like a talking toilet going on an adventure, and I'd be all like, "Yeah, sure." Give, they give me they'd a find a way. Ride. They'd find a way. <laughs> they would. We should have Trigger do like an anime or a movie all about. Uh, a robot driving instructor who goes back in time for some reason and his friends a talking pie. Like, they can make it work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, the character's pretty simple, but, like, what we got here is just all we need. Perfection, just Gallo being, like, the lovable doofus, Leo being, like, his cool boyfriend and everything like that, and the rest of the Burning Rescue are just, like, fun, good friends and sidekicks that really tag along and just... We know barely all... anything about these side characters, and yet I feel like they, I've known them as good friends for a long time. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like if I if I can make one complaint, I feel like we needed more Vinny. We need more. Yeah, uh, no, that was cat. sad. Yeah, yeah we only got Vinny. so much of him, but um, I don't know. I wanted more of Lucia. Yeah, Lucia. Oh yeah, her too. <laughs> she she's my kind of character. Mm-hmm. Just fun loving gremlin. Yeah, girls. I wish I wish we had more. Yeah, I wish Vinny was more like Buta and had more fun things to do. Yeah, but uh, anytime he showed up, brought a smile to my uh-huh. face. Just. Just look at him. He's a little mouse with a little fireman's hat. I on. know. It's so cute. Very oversized hat. And also the the voice acting. Like, everyone here is, like, really great. Like, we've all heard him before and, like, some other stuff. Yeah. And, like, here, it's it's no different. Like, they're all directed to perfection. And, like, everyone just, like, nails it. Yeah. Everyone was quite good. Although, this is, like, one of the few situations where I will say I liked uh, Fotia's Japanese actor a bit more. Yeah, the whole... Yeah, the Japanese cast. Like when he screams, like when he's when he's like screaming, like in that film, like you you feel the pain in you really feel the pain and anguish. Yeah, I will say, given that this is like the last film of um, the last film in our trigger retrospective, um, I gotta say, I I gotta say, I have been very happy about uh, this this little series we've done. Um, I had a great time looking at all of these uh, past trigger works. Uh, re-experiencing some, experiencing some for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, it, and all, and being unimaginably pissed by others. Um, <laughs> it's it's been a wide range of emotions for me, and um, I'm very glad we did that. Yeah, yeah, like I'm glad we we got to do this too. Just a lot of it, just be reinforcing just how much I believe Trigger is probably my all-time favorite anime studio at at this point, like currently operating. Just pretty much everything they do is just. Super good, like even if it's super divisive, like Darling, but like I still, still like once in a blue moon, though. Yeah, like and yeah, like look at in for a studio that only just really came into existence like what seven years ago, and out of everything they did, they've only had like one real divisive series, two if you count Keys Niver, yeah, but like Keys they're Niver. still Everything's going that. strong, like they're still like what, like five to one or something, yeah, yeah, oh, that's God. good, actually, it's really good. <laughs> They also did. They also did when supernatural battles become commonplace, which is uh, mm, no one thinks about that show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I only yeah, know its a, existence by now. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. Like we, this is like, this is like at least some of the heavy hitters of like Trigger's works. Like there's still some stuff that they've done that we haven't talked about yet, like Keys Niver or Space Patrol Luluco. So, Ninja like, yeah, maybe. Ninja Slayer, yeah. 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 Oh, Ninja Slayer. If we, uh, the, it's definitely one of the boys of 
trigger anime like if we ever want to do like a a summer of trigger 2 we can cover like some of the uh the lesser known trigger works like the the b team of trigger works right right yeah you could get into <laughs> no, it but i am glad we, i'm very glad we did we did the series and i'm looking forward to the uh, next one we're doing yeah you could get into oh, bna <laughs> oh i still like bna i haven't watched I mean, yeah, that that's, that's the other kind of notable one yeah so like hey maybe Maybe that's a that's a stay tuned for the future. Yep, yep. Whether it's a series or just an individual review, um, yeah, we'll be more than happy to revisit Trigger again in the future. Oh yeah, they're Absolutely. also doing the cyberpunk. They're also doing a cyberpunk OVA thing. Oh yeah, they are. Like yeah, because there just hasn't been any like word on that in recent times. But yeah, they are working on that. Yes, they oh, are. Yeah. Just I don't know. Go buy this. Go go go! Watch this somehow. I I don't know where is it streaming somewhere. Just I don't care. Just watch it. All right. Thanks for joining us for this episode as well as the entirety of Summer Trigger in the Fall, in the Winter, in the Holidays. Uh, talking about all the Trigger anime with all the highs, lows, and creamy middles. It was definitely a blast. And once again, thanks for bearing with us with the wonky scheduling. Like I wanted this to be done by at least September, but it's clearly December. So yeah. And we had to sneak in our Halloween episode midway through. Yes. But thank you all for bearing with us with that. Yes, thank you very much. And Tony, as our special guest, I'm going to let you sign off first. So tell us where we can find you online and if you want to plug anything. Um, what do I have to plug? I am Tone Dog on Twitter. And that's really my main hangout zone at the time here. Um, as far as plugging things goes, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Listen, listen to this show. It's great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And you can find me at my social medias at Mikey Shota on Twitter, MikeyShota.tumblr.com, and Mikey Shota on the gram. And where can we find you, Ryan? You can find me at Wolfish Grin on Twitter and Wolfish Grin on Tumblr. Though keep note, I may be changing things up around a little bit on Twitter. Might go by a new handle soon in the future. Um, no real reason, just getting kind of tired of the uh, wolfish grin moniker. Well, I may still keep that on Tumblr and probably Discord, but uh, at least for Twitter, you know, I'm kind of thinking of uh, changing it up soon in the future, so uh, uh, stay tuned for that. Wolfish frown. <laughs> hey, no, <laughs> you, you know me. There's no, I, I, don't, I don't send anyone on trips to frown town around here. <laughs> you know, we turn those... those uh... Frowns upside down. Hell yeah. Frown upside down town. No, that's my thing. That's my kind of town. That's a smile, not an upside down frown. Work on that too. <laughs> oh, one other thing to add about uh this about Promare, I gotta say. This movie, it's the whole damn fireworks factory. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just exploding in your face for two hours. <laughs> yeah, there is no waiting to get to the fireworks factory. And you're gonna blow off your fingers like Jason Pierre Paul. Oh yeah. And follow the show's Twitter at anime underscore baby. That's anime underscore B-A-Y, a B-A-Y. And also follow us on animebebe.podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. I might get this up on Spotify soon enough if I'm not lazy about it. Yes, and, and if, I, will, I will say one thing. Uh, do be on the lookout for uh, me and Mikey later this uh, holiday season. We're actually going to be doing uh, two special anime reviews for a, a Secret Santa Ooh. Uh, event that's going to be among some of our um, anime writing community friends. So uh, please look out for those and uh, wherever they may be posted. Uh, be sure to look out for us on Twitter about where those may be posted. Uh, yes, because, uh, you know, Trigger Series has come to a close. And, you know, stay tuned for our next summer series coming in 2021. What will it be about? 
You'll just have to wait and see. But trust me when I say it'll be music to your ears. Oh, that's yeah, a like, tease, folks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, you know, we're in December, full on holiday season and uh, season of giving. And as you said, we're going to be uh, doing uh, Anime Secret Santa, which is the uh, yearly project put together by the peeps at All Geeks Considered. As you know, I've seen this happen every year. I've seen people I follow talk about their shows and post their reviews. And I think, man, this would be a lot of fun. And I decided this year, yeah, what the heck? I'll join in. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, contributing a uh, written review myself as well. So uh, I'll keep everyone updated on where uh, that might be. I will say I already know the anime I'm going to, I'm going to review. And uh, it's one I'm very happy to have received. I uh, can't say what it is, but uh, let's just say it's uh, an anime that everyone has told me I need to watch. And I've always said in response, yep, yep, I'm, I'm going to get to it. I'm ah. going to get to it. And now I finally have that obligation. So <laughs> I will finally be able to talk about it. One of those. Yep, one of those. And I'll be doing mine as a solo podcast. And uh, I don't know, are we allowed to talk about it or do we have to keep it secret? No, I think we do have to keep it secret. Like we, we cannot reveal it until... Um, until it's like released really on like either christmas eve or christmas day yep Vinny will come yeah. down and hunt you down mm-hmm. all right so yeah stay tuned for that as mine is another one that i've seen people talk about a lot as like one of the greats of all time even the the person who suggested it to me said uh one of the best anime of all time though they said that about the other two shows <laughs> but, uh, and to be honest i kind of have an idea who it might be but you know We'll get to that when I get to that, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be covering that uh, as a solo podcast on my own, and expect that uh, Christmas Eve. Excitement. And after that, we have our regularly scheduled December episode, and you know, since 2020 has been such a shit show of a year, I want to end this off on a high note, so that's why we'll be closing out the year by talking all about My Hero Academia Season 4. Yeah, we're going back to school by the end of this month, folks. I haven't watched that one yet. Going back to- <laughs> uh-huh. Ooh, uh, watch it in time. It's it's a you, you gave me season. you gave me some motivation to do that. I guess I'm gonna have to uh, yeah. re up my Funimation subscription. <laughs> dealing with all going back to school, dealing with the Yakuza uh, school festivals, and a gentle criminal, uh, and saving a little girl. Nice. And to counteract that, we will also be reviewing Itsudade My Santa. No, we won't. I'm joking. <laughs> Unless you want to. Unless you want to. <laughs> I am very much uh, open to it. I will have to look that one up. <laughs> Legendarily bad. Legendarily bad. <laughs> oh, sounds like my I've heard, then. <laughs> I've heard things. <laughs> uh, but yes, expect our My Hero Season 4 episode uh, New Year's Eve. So, like, uh, for me, you'll get my solo podcast Christmas Eve and then your written review the same day and then uh, the very next week new year's eve hopefully my my hero season four yes we have not forgotten we have not forgotten about gifts for all of you so so please know we are keeping y'all in mind yeah no shortage of content coming from these two so until then thanks again for listening and remember to stay safe out there because things are getting really bad so please just stay safe stay the fuck home please for the love of god i want to go outside again that would that would be cool that would be cool at least in our at least in our state it's getting uh, bad again so (laughs) yeah keep safe out there folks also don't do anything stupid like say go to a fucking anime convention in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) oh boy oh my god yeah, please don't do that. And it's don't be anime dad. And especially yeah. don't do it if you're the if you're the chairman of that convention and get COVID a week before. 
and think that uh, three days of quarantining <laughs> is good enough to uh, allow yourself to go to a convention. Oh yeah, don't don't be that, folks. Don't be that. <laughs> don't be that asinine, please. But until then, thanks again for listening, and this has been Anime, Anime Baby.